0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Almost Famous, the podcast about fame with me, Barnaby Slater. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, please do subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Also, do give us a follow on Instagram, at Almost Famous the Podcast, and on Twitter, at Pod Almost Famous. In Series 5 of the show, I'm bringing you daily episodes called 15 Minutes of Fame, where I read out some of the most honest, controversial, and sometimes funny stories that celebrities have ever told. In today's episode, former American Secretary of State and First Lady Hillary Clinton discusses first when her husband Bill Clinton lied to her face about the rumours of his affair with Monica Lewinsky, and then the moment he had to tell the truth, and how she dealt with his admission over the following few days. Hope you enjoy it. On Wednesday morning, January the 21st, Bill woke me up early. He sat on the edge of the bed and said, there's something in today's papers you should know about. What are you talking about? He told me there were news reports that he'd had an affair with a former White House intern, and that he had asked her to lie about it to Paula Jones's lawyers. Kenneth Starr had requested and obtained permission from Attorney General Janet Reno to expand his investigation to look into possible criminal charges against the President. Bill told me that Monica Lewinsky was an intern he had befriended two years earlier, when she was volunteering in the West Wing during the government shutdown. He had talked to her a few times and she had asked him for some job hunting help. This was completely in character for Bill. He said that she had misinterpreted his attention which was something I had seen happen dozens of times before. It was such a familiar scenario that I had little trouble believing the accusations were groundless. By then, I also had endured more than six years of baseless claims fomented by some of the same people and groups associated with the Jones case and the STAR investigation. I questioned Bill over and over about the story. He continued to deny any improper behaviour, but to acknowledge that his attention could have been misread. I will never truly understand what was going through my husband's mind that day. All I know is that Bill told his staff and our friends the same story he told me, that nothing improper went on. Why he felt he had to deceive me and others is his own story and he needs to tell it in his own way. In a better world, this sort of conversation between a husband and wife would be no one's business but our own. Though I had long tried to protect what was left of our privacy, I could do nothing now. On Saturday, August the 15th, Bill woke me up just as he had done months before. This time, he didn't sit by the bed, but paced back and forth. He told me for the first time that the situation was much more serious than he had previously acknowledged. He now realised he would have to testify that there had been an inappropriate intimacy. He told me that what had happened between them had been brief and sporadic. He couldn't tell me seven months ago, he said, because he was too ashamed to admit it, and he knew how angry and hurt I would be. I could hardly breathe. Gulping for air, I started crying and yelling at him. What do you mean? What are you saying? Why did you lie to me? I was furious and getting more so by the second. He just stood there saying over and over again, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I was trying to protect you and Chelsea. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Up until now, I only thought that he'd been foolish for paying attention to the young woman and was convinced that he was being railroaded. I couldn't believe he would do anything to endanger our marriage and our family. I was dumbfounded, heartbroken and outraged that I believed him at all. Then I realized that Bill and I had to tell Chelsea. When I told him he had to do this, his eyes filled with tears. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He had betrayed the trust in our marriage. And we both knew it might be an irreparable breach. And we had to tell Chelsea that he had lied to her, too. These were terrible moments for all of us. I didn't know whether our marriage could, or should, survive such a stinging betrayal. But I knew I had to work through my feelings carefully on my own timetable. I desperately needed someone to talk to, so I called a friend who was also a counsellor to seek guidance. This was the most devastating, shocking and hurtful experience of my life. I could not figure out what to do, but I knew I had to find a calm place in my heart and mind to sort out my feelings. David Kendall had alerted the TV networks that Bill would briefly address the nation at 10pm Eastern Standard Time. Some of Bill's most trusted advisors gathered in the solarium to help him work on his statement. David Kendall was there, as was Chelsea, who was trying to make sense of what was happening. I stayed away at first. I didn't much want to help Bill compose his public statement on a matter that violated my sense of decency and privacy. Finally, though, out of habit, maybe curiosity, perhaps love, I went upstairs. When I walked into the room at about 8pm, someone quickly switched off the sound on the television set. They knew I couldn't stand to hear whatever was being said. When I asked how things were going, it was clear that Bill still hadn't decided what to say. He wanted people to know that he deeply regretted misleading his family, his friends and his country. He also wanted them to know that he did not believe he had lied during the Jones deposition, because the questions had been so clumsy. But that sounded like legalistic hair-splitting. He had made a terrible mistake, then tried to keep it a secret, and he needed to apologise. At the same time, he didn't think he could afford to appear vulnerable to his political enemies or to those of the nation. Eventually, everyone else left Bill alone and he finished writing the statement himself. The press hated the statement. But over the next days, reactions from most Americans indicated that they considered a consensual relationship between adults a private matter, and they did not believe that it affected a person's ability to do a good job, whether in the courtroom, the operating room, the Congress or the Oval Office. Bill's standing in public opinion polls remained high, His standing with me had hit rock bottom. The last thing in the world I wanted to do was to go away on vacation, but I was desperate to get out of Washington. Chelsea had wanted to go back to Martha's Vineyard, where good friends were waiting. So Bill, Chelsea and I left for the island the following afternoon. Buddy the dog came along to keep Bill company. He was the only member of our family who was still willing to. By the time we settled into our borrowed house, The adrenaline of the crisis had worn off, and I was left with nothing but profound sadness, disappointment, and unresolved anger. I could barely speak to Bill, and when I did, it was a tirade. I read, I walked on the beach, he slept downstairs, I slept upstairs. Days were easier than nights. Where do you turn when your best friend, the one who always helps you through hard times, is the one who wounded you? I felt unbearably lonely, and I could tell Bill did too. He kept trying to explain and apologise, but I wasn't ready to be in the same room with him, let alone forgive him. I would have to go deep inside myself and my faith to discover any remaining belief in our marriage, to find some path to understanding. At this point, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Hillary Clinton gets a lot of abuse for her politics, and I think also, wrongly, for having stuck by her husband throughout all his various affairs and misdemeanours. When I see them together and read how they talk about one another, I believe that theirs is a deep love, and that despite everything they've done in public office, good and bad, they are just decent people who mean well. But what do you think? Not everybody feels the same way as me on that front, I realise that. Let me know your thoughts on Hillary Clinton and any of these episodes of 15 Minutes of Fame in the Apple Podcast comment section or by posting to our social media, which is Instagram at Almost Famous, the podcast, and Twitter at Pod Almost Famous. Also, please do press that subscribe button and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And check out my other show, It's Your Funeral, a lighthearted look into the most important day of our guests' afterlives. Give it a follow on Instagram at poditsyourfuneral. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, there'll be a brand new episode of 15 Minutes of Fame every weekday morning. Goodbye.